You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Aggies. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and today, every Aggie in America has every right to be pissed off at the SEC, more importantly, pissed off at the college football season, because now... It looks like there is not a shot for Texas A&M to justifiably earn their right into the college football playoff. And to me, that is a shame, that is a disgrace, and more than anything, this is why this season is so difficult. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save 25% off your next order. That promo code is LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, we are on every single day. Every single day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day. Give me a follow. I'll put it in my repertoire, and I'll make sure I add it into the mixture. But secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th Man-related content found here on LLP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Texas A&M, they're entering this weekend, expected to go play Ole Miss. This is an SEC West-SEC West rivalry game. So, naturally, originally the plan was for the game to be played on December 19th, and December 12th would be Tennessee. But because it was an individual game, they decided to move the day up. So, they moved Tennessee back, and they moved Ole Miss forward. Slight problem there now, because Ole Miss will not be able to play. According to what the SEC tweeted out yesterday, the Ole Miss at Texas A&M football game on December 12th is postponed due to positive tests, contact tracing, and quarantine of individuals within the Ole Miss football program. Rescheduling contingent on any cancellation of December 19th games due to COVID-19, otherwise game will not be played. Basically what this is saying is, if Ole Miss does not have their game on the 19th, meaning whoever they were supposed to play on the 19th, and it was going to be LSU, Unless LSU finds a way to make sure they're not playing and Tennessee finds a way that they're not playing, this game will not happen. They will be short one game in the SEC. They will be short one game in the SEC West Division. And on top of all that, they'll be short one game in the college football playoff eyes. And it is a damn shame. It is a shame. That we have to do this this morning. That we have to have this conversation. Yeah. A&M's schedule looks good. They got some quality wins. They marched into Auburn. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. Marched into Auburn. Had a good showing. Proved that their offense can be poignant. Got some guys back. Were a little healthier. Really resounded back. But because of Alabama won the SEC West Championship... On Saturday night against LSU, A&M was just told, you know what? Screw it. You're done. Good luck. Enjoy not having an extra game on your schedule for the college football playoff committee to look at. The problem with all of that is, not that this game will not be played. I get that. COVID-19 is a big deal and is a massive deal in our country right now. It's the fact that when you spoke to representatives from the college football playoff committee last week, We were told 
the AM was just on the cusp, right there, right in the conversation for a great showing to be the number four seed in America. I don't know if there's enough evidence this week to say that they were. The biggest reasoning last week was offense. Offense was a massive concern for the college football playoff committee to put them in that number four seat. And you know what? The offense to me was good. It wasn't It wasn't amazing. I'm going to be completely honest with you. The run game is what saved AM consistently. And it shows because they had over 300 yards rushing. There wasn't a player who had less than 30 yards rushing on the day and two had touchdowns. You had another two who almost took single-handedly triple digits in their rushing totals. Devon Ashane has come on immediately. He had the longest run of the day at 29 yards. Isaiah Spiller, another 100-yard game. Passing, 196, 18 and 23, 8.5 yards per throw, QBR rating of 95.7, two touchdowns for Kellen Mond. It was Kellen Mond's best game, and I don't know if it's enough. Both his touchdowns went to his tight end, Jalen Weidemeyer. Weidemeyer was the guy who I've, I've said for a while, when he's hot, throw the ball to him. They did. They targeted him eight times. The closest guy after that was Anaya Smith out of the backfield with four. Everyone else had either one or two catches. You look at the offense at Ohio State. It may have some flaws here and there in their run game. It may not have these big-time wide receivers that we're used to seeing, like the Terry McLaurins or the Michael Thomases. Chris Olove is not a sleeper. Justin Fields is not a sleeper. And their defense has played well. A&M's defense played all right. Held, um, they held Bo Nix to 144 yards passing. They allowed 196 rushing yards, the most of the season. They didn't allow a receiver to have over 55 yards on the day. Seth Williams with the most, three catches, 51 yards. The longest play of the day from scrimmage came on the Tanks Bigsby 42-yard run. They didn't have a turnover. They didn't cause a turnover. A&M had one fumble. You look at the numbers defensively. They weren't able to get a lot of pressure onto, um, sorry, on a Bonex. Two sacks. Was a bad game. But you need to have a complete team. And unfortunately, the way that the world works in today's society is we're going to go fair is fair and fairly outside of one bad performance, just like A&M, Ohio State has not had a bad game, just like A&M. And also, they're in a different conference and have a shot to be the winners of the Big Ten. This game was so important to A&M, not for any other reason than the fact of this year's two offenses that have the ability to be one of the coolest and most poignant, complete units in all the SEC. They can be fantastic. Rushing versus passing. Matt Coral, phenomenal arm. Can cause a lot of turnovers. A&M could have caused a lot. Defensively, A&M is the better team. 
which means there's more opportunities for this rushing attack to find points. There's more opportunities for Kellen Mond to extend plays downfield. There's more opportunities for passing. There's more opportunities. And the College Football Playoff Committee is going to take that into consideration and go, whatever. If I am an Aggie, I am pissed off this morning. I'm not an Aggie. Everyone on the show knows this. I'm not an Aggie. But I am an SEC alum, and I love the SEC. A&M is a better team this morning than Ohio State. And unfortunately, because of a couple of bad games from Kellen Mond, and not having this game, a game where the offense can truly show, give us an opponent with a Big Ten defense, We'll show you why we can take on the likes of Ohio State. We'll show you why Clemson should be afraid of us. We'll definitely show you why Notre Dame should be freaking peeing their pants. And we'll show you why Alabama, even though we lost to them, we go 10 rounds, it may not be all 10 in favor of the Crimson Tide. Now, instead, we're going to throw out a game that's really important to A&M because of, unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, a few players from the Aggies organization could not play. They postponed it. Now, a few players from Ole Miss could not play. They postponed it. The NFL maybe isn't completely right. And you know what? Jimbo Fisher's talked about this a lot. Jimbo Fisher's been blatantly open about this. How testing does take time. We're in the NFL. It's rapid fire. You get it immediately. You're in and you're out. I just wonder. If the NFL protocol would have worked the same way. Here, would we have a, would we have the same conversation? Because now what's going to happen is the same thing I brought up last time. Everyone remember this conversation? A and M was coming off two of their best games of the season. They're going to miss two weeks. Let's see how they rebound against LSU. What happened? Kellen could barely throw for 100 yards on the day. The defense had to play more than they ever thought that they would. They had to make more key stops. They had to make more critical plays on the ball. They had to make sure that they were able to add pressure to TJ Finley. You got a great game from Jalen Jones, but the offense stalled. Outside of Isaiah Spiller, the offense stalled. One player had 54% of your production. Because if you did not play for two weeks, now guess what happens? Now you got to go face Tennessee. Tennessee is playing this weekend. Tennessee is not better than AM, but Tennessee is going to have momentum to close out the year on a strong note. And it's in Neyland. The SEC this morning costs a team, I think, in my opinion, a shot to go to the college football playoff. Convincingly. AM needed these next two games to show the college football playoff committee we are just as talented as the as the Big Ten champion. And in fact, we are more talented. And we have less losses. And I'll talk about this tomorrow. I will. Because there's really nothing else I can talk about this week besides how this is just a bad look. But I'd be furious this morning if I was an Aggie. Because now you have to hope for a lot of good things to go your way. And if not, you are done. Prep for Florida. Prep for Arlington. Prep for maybe Tempe. Maybe New Orleans. Have a plan set up, but that's where you're going. You are not going to the college football playoff. You are going to the Orange Bowl. You are going to the the, uh, Fiesta Bowl. That's what you're doing. Because the SEC decided to say, nope. Nope, a couple players, nah. 
with the holiday season coming up, get yourself a gift that's going to make you happy. And what that gift is, is time and relaxation. With the world the way it is, everything is always on the go, go, go. And it feels like it's nonstop hustle all the time. Between work, family, a million different social issues, plus the expectation of being on 24-7. Sometimes you just need to have that moment to turn off and hit your reset button. And when you do, reach for a Coors Light, because it's made to chill. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Watching football is therapeutic to fans because it's uninterrupted me time and excuse to chill and drink a beer. And with Coors Light being cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, made by the great people of the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, the beers are literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the cold Rockies and perfect for a moment to unwind. I know I drink Coors Light when I need to unwind, so when you need to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new delivered straight to your door system at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your thing on something. If you like quality podcasts around your real favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen on Spotify if you can't do any of that. Listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about what happened with Auburn. You know, there's this thing that I was taught when I was a little kid. And I don't mean to bring up uh, my own past, but sometimes it's an easy way to talk about it. My grandfather would always teach me when I was younger that sometimes in life, you have to struggle to see where the flaws are. Now, that doesn't mean that there's always going to be, you know, bad moments, but you're not always going to be perfect, And it's something that I took with me throughout my life. In college, I had moments where I made a lot of dumb mistakes. There was moments where I got in arguments with editors thinking that I was the better of the two. And it cost me some relationships. But I learned from it. And it got me to a point in my life to where I am processing things better. And I have made the right moves. And it's put me in a spot to be a little bit more perfect. But I put that perfect, the perfection on me in a different light because of, I don't think that I'm always going to be a hundred percent perfect, but I know I'm perfect because I did exactly what I was set out to do. I did it exactly the right way. And I'm walking out of there feeling a lot better about myself and about the situation than I did walking in. And I bring up the perfection because it was perfect in my way. Maybe it wasn't perfect on the record books. Maybe it wasn't perfect on the scoreboard. But it was perfect in my way. And that's what AM did on Saturday. They were near perfect. Especially in an offense. An offense that has literally taken the lumps and the crap and the you know belittlement from myself, from other reporters, from national media. Oh, this is not a top four team. Look at the way the offense runs. Yeah, okay. Well, look at how the way the offense ran. You had two running runners go for over 95 yards on the day. Devon Shane almost made it two runners to go over 100 yards on the day. He's a freshman, had the longest run of the day. You had a guy in Isaiah Spiller. Again, another 100 rushing yard day. Average six yards a carry. I think that that's more impressive than anything else. It's not just 120 yards, but it was consistent. There was a lot of first down runs coming from number 28. Anaya Smith, yeah, he didn't finish 
with 100 rushing yards, but he did finish with almost 100 total yards of offense. He averaged 5.1 yards per run, and he averaged 15.5 yards per catch. So he almost averaged 20 yards every time his hand touched the ball in some way or another. He averaged at least 9 yards. If you do if you do the math and you add together, he averaged over 9 yards of play. That's almost enough for a first down. It kept the clock rolling. Kellen Mond. I honestly think he needed to have these struggle games. I know a lot of people will go, why do you want to have struggle games? Why would any quarterback want to have struggle games? Because of going into the season, this was the game. This was the one I said, A&M's going to blow. A&M's going to blow it. They're going to lose this game. They're going to win out every single team. They're going to beat the crap out of LSU. They're going to go upset Florida. They're going to find a way to win. But they're going to blow this game, and they're going to blow their shot. He needed to have those struggle games to realize, this is where I work best. I work on short passes. I work intermediate throws. And there were two plays that really could have gone in favor of the Tigers. And we know it's two we're talking about. It started the fourth quarter. It was the chase lane reception downfield. Mon could have kept the ball and ran. But he trusted his arm, and he trusted that his receiver had leverage over the cornerback in zone coverage. Then there was the play where the linebacker intercepted the ball. He grabbed it too early. It popped out. Jalen Weidemeyer, right spot, right time, touchdown, gave a and the lead. And when I saw that play happen, I was like, a has got this. Because Mon's not going to let this team lose. This is what we're talking about. Defensively, yeah. They had a lot of rushing yards. I'm not going to lie. They had over 196 rushing yards, most of the season. They had two guys get over 50 rushing yards. And really almost three with Bo Nix. It wasn't perfect. But Bo Nix also had an 82 uh, QBR rating. He also had a 59 completion rating. He wasn't hitting his targets. Still. And you had Jalen Jones really stepping up. You had Miles Jones stepping up this week. You had the defense adding pressure. They only got two sacks. Wasn't an outstanding defensive performance. But I can tell you, it is a game worth mentioning. And it's a game that is going to be on AM's schedule that does look competitive. You can't tell me that Auburn's not a competitive team. There is a difference when we talk about competitive football. You have your Tier 1 schools, and those are supposed to be the schools that are good every single year. And in my opinion, there's five. Right now, in today's, in today's realm, there's five schools that have to be good every single year. Number one is Alabama. Number two is USC. Number three is Notre Dame. Number four is Clemson. And I'm going to go number five is Oklahoma. Outside of that, if you're good, you're good. And there's a lot of good options for Tier 2 schools. I think Texas A&M is a Tier 2 school. I think LSU is a Tier 2 school. I think uh, Texas is now a Tier 2 school. I think a Tier 2 school as well is Michigan. I think Florida State needs to be a Tier 2 school. I think Miami's a Tier 2 school. I think Auburn's a fringe Tier 2, Tier 3 school. But you look at that on the record and go, Whoa! Your only loss is to a Tier 1 program. An undefeated Tier 1 program, by the way. And even though it was, you know, 20 points... Plus, look at the way you played against other teams. 
you played hard against another Tier 2 school. You won by 11 against a Tier 2 school. You won your games outside of Vanderbilt by a significant amount to where you are truly a Tier 2 school. USC is finding ways to win. They play in the Pac-12. They're not going to the Cosmo playoffs. You have Ohio State, who is not it's going to be facing off against Michigan. They're not going. They're probably going to go to the college football playoff. They're the only school that right now is tier one that maybe shouldn't be going to the college football playoff. Notre Dame, guess what? They should go to the college football playoff. They are found a way to beat the system. They have the easiest conference schedule, and this year they're proving to themselves we should be in the ACC, and we should be just as talented. Alabama, undefeated. Clemson, they would be undefeated if not for Trevor Lawrence missing two games. Those are the schools that if A&M beats, you go, wow. That is a huge boost to your resume. Every other school, if you win those games, it's a good boost. This is a good boost to A&M's resume. I don't care if they finish 6-4 and four on the year. I don't care if Auburn finishes 5-5 five and five on the year. Auburn still is a good program. They find ways to recruit. They find ways to win. They find ways to be effective. And guess what? A&M walked in and showed we feel better about ourselves leaving. They should. These are two solid wins against Tier 2 opponents in Florida and Auburn that make this a better program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, as always, it's Talking Tuesdays with Coach Jimbo Fisher. We'll break down his press conference, exactly what he thought about the game, what he thinks of the COVID-19 protocols, and what to expect moving into the final week of the season. Can A&M salvage their season? We'll be talking all that and more on Locked on Aggies Tuesday show, right here on LockedOnPodcast.com. Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, Built Bar is not only just so delicious, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And with six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and carrot cake, you will have a delicious treat to meet your needs. They're more like candy bars than they are actually protein bars because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy, hoping to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. I cannot put down the peanut butter brownie one because it has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a product like this anywhere else out on the shelves. And when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop having your salty sweets during the middle of the day and enjoy a treat that will meet your nutritious needs from BuiltBar, from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following the podcast here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you like this show, I'm sure you're going to also love the Williamson and Peacock show. Brian Peacock, NFL analyst and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, hosts the Peacock and Williamson show every Monday through Friday, giving you national insight covering all NFL teams with the latest news, every game, every team, and every move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more weekdays with Peacock and Williamson, part of the Locked On Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and listen to them every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. It's Monday, three stars of the game. Let's start this off. Uh, star number three, I'm going to go Jalen Weidemeyer. Again, I have been so hot on this kid since I first saw him play last season. I thought that he was going to be the true number one target this year. 
Anaya Smith really has been, but I still think that he is what you want in the red zone. He's a mismatch for linebackers. He's fast enough to go up against safeties. Safeties have a hard time covering him because he's a little bit sh- uh, he's a little bit taller than most safeties want to go against. He had two touchdowns, eight uh, and, uh, nine receptions, eight uh, 90 yards. You can't really ask for more. And when you're in the right place at the right time, it gives you that advantage. Guess what? He was at the right place at the right time for Kellen Mond to be an interception that probably would have been returned for a touchdown instead six for the Aggies. Number two, I'm going to go with Devon Shane. Guys, what Devon Shane has done this season alone is nothing short of impressive. He had another great game. But it's not like they're using him to his fullest potential. Two touchdowns, 31 total rushing attempts, 224 yards in the year. Best game of the season, 99 rushing yards, averaging 11 yards per carry. Had the longest play of action of the day for the Aggies offense. This is a guy to keep an eye out for. He is a weapon. He can win with speed. He can win with drive. He can win with his legs. He can win with his hands. That's what he did at Fort Ben Marshall. That's what he's doing for the Aggies. Big time game for number six. He is the number two player on my top three Aggies of the week. Number one is Kellen Mond. Yeah, 196 yards passing is not going to get you high looks in the NFL. It's probably going to keep you in that conversation of being a late to mid-round pick. And maybe that's what you need to be. But I mentioned this earlier. He was perfect when he had to be. He did not have a turnover. He helped the Aggies get over 500 total yards of offense. And on third down, he kept plays alive. They went 7 of 11 on third down. That's over 60% of third down efficiencies. The average in the NFL, the average in college football, is about 62. They were just over the average. He did better. 18-23 passing, 196 yards. He did have two touchdowns, averaged 8.5 yards per throw. He also added almost 70 yards rushing on the ground with his legs. There weren't a lot lot of penalties on either side, and he helped the team win the time of possession, 38-22. That's what you want in a game-managing quarterback. That's what you need for this Jimbo Fisher offense. That is what Jimbo Fisher has done. If you don't have... This Jameis Winston type guy who's mobile and big and can transcend the position to what Cam Newton did back when he was at Auburn. You're likely a game manager in Jimbo Fisher's system. This is what game managers do. This is why AM remains ranked. This is why AM still can be in the conversation of the college football playoff, even if the SEC decided to dupe out the Aggies. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and listen every single day on any single device at LockedOnPodcast.com. Tomorrow's show is asking Coach, talking to him about what happened in Auburn, talking to him about what moves forward, what can we expect from this team going into the final week of play. Now, preparation is headed up to Rocky Top to face off against that gaudy orange known as the Tennessee Volunteers. We'll see you tomorrow. Remember, bring him, y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.